0: Welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks, and I'm joined by the Mel Morris, my David Clowes. It's Justin Peach.
1: Good day to you, Ryan.
0: The most insulting possible intro to the show that I can deliver for Justin Peach. Justin, how are you?
1: Yeah. Now I think about it, it is actually it's actually not very nice. No, that was probably no. yeah, it's probably the worst one we've done. But no, I'm I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you. It's been. It's been an enjoyable weekend. It's my first weekend off. I say off, I am recording this podcast with you because people can hear me, you can see me, I am here. Um, but it's good. How are you, Ryan? You are not in this country. You are jet-setting once again. I am in Milan, Justin,
0: the mm. the city of two football teams playing at the same stadium. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lovely city. If you are a fan of good food, good wine, good architecture and good football teams, then this is the place to go. I went to the San Siro yesterday, lovely stadium. Um, is it? I can't believe they're knocking it down. Yeah, it's a lovely stadium. I
1: thought it was falling apart. Um,
0: no, no, no sign of it from me. I, I, I cannot believe that they're even considering knocking it down. But um, yeah, it's a lovely stadium. And then the Duomo di Milan which is the big cathedral here, is the most beautiful building in the world, Justin. And, of course, as I said, the food is amazing, which always helps. Have you ever been?
1: I, I've not, but I've been to Naples and I've been to the Sao Paulo, which is the Napoli Stadium, and it's an absolute shit It's a dump. <laughs> it, it, it needs knocking down.
0: I went to the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. And that's not a great stadium. That one looks like it's had its day. The, the interesting thing about Italian football grounds is they are all basically in the middle of nowhere. And they're yeah. big, big football stadiums with huge areas outside of them of just concrete. So I, I don't think that really adds to the aesthetic side of things.
1: They were all built for the World Cup in the... the they were all built for Italian 90, weren't they? That's what it is.
0: A lot of them were, They were yeah. just plugged anywhere. Basically, basically. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Justin, we're not here to talk about Italian football. We're here to talk about championship football. Of course, welcome to the number one championship specific podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. We're going to do a news roundup on everything that's happened in the championship over the past week. We'll start off with some of the transfer business as per usual. It's all kicking off in the world of signings so we'll go through all of them and then the second half of the show we'll talk about some of the news including lee bowie's sacking at birmingham city so without further ado justin let's talk about burnley who have been really the headline makers in the past Mm -hmm. seven days they've signed mk Dons attacker scott twine the 22 year old moves for four million pounds after scoring 20 goals and assisting 13 in league one last season it seemed very unlikely he was going to be spending another season in the third tier, and whoever got him, in my opinion, it was always going to be an impressive bit of business, and that is exactly what I think it is, Justin.
1: It is. It's a, It's an incredible signing. I know when we, we've spoken about Burnley before and our uncertainty on Vince and company, but that's because they They didn't really have much of a squad going for them. There's a bit of a transition that they need to make in terms of starting a play, but Scott Twine is one of those signings that is going to make things a lot easier for any manager who's at Burnley because of how talented he is, because of what he can do with the ball at his feet, because of how he can strike a ball from dead ball situations. He's a such a good all-round attacking midfielder slash second striker, however you deploy him. And as I say, I think Vincent Kompany yeah he can vary between a 433 or a 4 uh a 424 or 4222 however you look at it and, and and Scott Twine will be one of those players who fits in very very nicely into that um into that system um and yeah he's he's, he's going to be an incredible player at championship level um i know there are quite a, a not as not as big of a number of clubs as i thought that'd be in for him because if I was any club with a half decent budget in a Championship, I'd have definitely inquired. Um, but Burnley, Burnley have got him, and yes, yeah, it's, it's a really good signing, and it could be, could be, could be one that fires him back uh, back into the Premier League.
0: Yeah, I'm the same as you. I thought there'd be more clubs after him. Um, I've only seen Hull, the other side, mm-hmm. link with him, really. But for Burnley to get him is a really, really impressive bit of business. I think every other fan of a Championship club should be jealous of this move just because of what he did in League One last season. Mm. And what he did wouldn't have made me think that I wouldn't be surprised to see him move to a Premier League side because I yeah. don't think you can do much more as a 22-year-old in League One to justify a Premier League move because 20 goals and 13 assists, Justin, is mm-hmm. just remarkable. And keep in mind as well, that was his first season in League One. Before that, mm-hmm. he'd been playing in League Two and he was tearing up there then. So you only get the impression that this guy is going to make another step up and be a real driving force for Burnley. Yeah. And we keep using the phrase statement move Um, over this transfer window so far, Justin. I think out of the players who were available, um, who we knew were going to be available this summer, he was one of them, wherever it went, it was going to be a statement move. So him, the likes of Wallace, John Swift, these guys were always going to be statement moves for whichever club they moved to. And Mm -hmm. Scott Twine is arguably the biggest statement move of, of all because I think he's got bags of potential. Because if you're destroying League One at 22 years old, then... What are you going to do when you're 26, 27? So what a move by Burnley. It's really, really exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the championship. Burnley have also spent a reported £1.6 million on Oxford defender Luke McNally. Taylor Harwood-Bellis has also moved to, 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 to Turf Mill on loan from Man City. Um, McNally, this is the 22-year-old, joins on a four-year deal. I find it interesting Justin, that Burnley have signed two players so far and they've both been young lads playing in League One plus Harwood Bellis. In recent years, we've usually seen relegated sides go for players who are past their peaks, warming the benches for Premier League teams and costing a hell of a lot of money in wages alone. So for Burnley to go down this route, I think is interesting, but also quite refreshing. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, without doubt. I think it's I think it's brilliant because there's, there's plenty of value down in in the lower leagues. You know, you look at Kane Wilson going to Bristol City as well. the have a wing back at Forest Green Rovers, Nicky Cadden. He is available on a free transfer. There's a lot of good players down um, down in 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 leagues one and two, and obviously Burnley picking these players up if they have a good season. Then it's just going to throw scouts that way. I also think this change in in attitudes probably made easier by. Um, Making it harder for players to go, uh, making it harder to go and attract players from abroad because of Brexit and passport issues and work permits. It's a lot more, a lot more difficult. So maybe that makes it a lot easier for clubs to turn their attentions to leagues one and two. But I think we're in a really good position where there's quite a lot of young players now who are coming through in the lower tiers who are. Um, yeah, who are catching the eyes of, of these clubs. And as I say, the likes of Twine and, and McNally are both standout performers for their clubs last season in League One. And it doesn't surprise me that they've got big moves. Maybe it surprises me that they've gone for teams uh, teams that have come down from Premier League, have gone for them, but not a problem with that at all. They're very good players, very good signings.
0: I think it also makes logistical sense as well, because if you're asking someone who's going to want to get to the premier league more someone who has already played in the premier league or a 22 year old who was in league 1 last season it's obviously going to be the 22 year old from league 1 so they're going to have more of a burning desire to actually go out there and mm-hmm. you know put in 110% so i think that that's also helps Burnley's approach um but looking at their squad heading into next season they've got themselves a nice mix now, haven't they, of experience yeah. and you know young potential, and all in all, it looks like Burnley are assembling a really tidy squad, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they are. Uh, and as I say, when we when we first made our assumptions about Burnley not too long ago, we were worried about them because of the exodus of players that they were losing. But yeah, as you say, they they brought in some really good players in it, and it goes away from the usual Burnley mould as well, where they recruit players who have not been there and done it, but they're very reliable individuals, you know, the likes of Dale Stevens, Jeff Hendrick, um, Robbie Brady, they, they're all, they, they've all been in the past, just, you know, you're going to get seven out of 10 of them. They don't do anything spectacular. Whereas now you look at Scott Twine, who can create out of nothing, uh, create something out of nothing. McNally is a progressive ball-playing defender and a very good one at that um Taylor Harwood-Bellis, it's, it's a risk uh, signing him because of his age um but Burnley haven't had that in their squad for a long time I think Dwight McNeil's one of the youngest players in the team which it feels like he's been around for five or six years um so yeah it is it is hugely important that they do that and um this will this will guarantee the success more uh, for Burnley in the in the future than than it would be signing 28 year olds
0: yeah, all just about whether Vincent Company can make the most of the talent that he's got available to him. Let's move away from Turf Moor. Justin Millwall have completed the double signing of George Honeyman and Benneka The former leaves Hull and has agreed a, quote, long-term deal, while the latter was on loan at the Den last season and has now joined on a one-year contract. Two very impressive signings for Millwall. This Justin Honeyman in particular is one that really caught my eye.
1: Yeah, George Horniman, you waxed lyrical over him last season, didn't you? I think you went as far as say if he's not in that whole team more often, then it just increases the chances of Hall going down. And you're absolutely spot on because um, he's, a, he's a massive difference maker for, for Hull and he's a hard-working player. Um, he's, he's perfect for Gary Rowett because he's got... the the, the needed skill level to be a good player at championship level but also his work rate is ridiculous he's one of the hardest working players in the championship Um, and he he has the ability to score goals as well so he adds a different dimension to Millwall Um, and as I say it's it's a really good signing a surprise Hull have allowed him to go but I know he returned down a couple of contracts there um, so it almost became inevitable that he was going to move on but that's that's Millwall's gain that that squad is pieced together very very nicely
0: Yeah, very, very nicely. Now they've got a front three of Afobe, Honeymoon and Fleming. That's going to be really interesting to see how it all gels together because that's where they've needed to at, isn't it, Mm -hmm. going forwards? Defensively, they're they're absolutely solid as anything at the back. So how it all knits together will be interesting. I think Afobe's got to have another good season. Um, Interesting that he's only signed a one-year deal. Um, But looking at the Honeymoon deal from a Hall perspective... I was fully expecting if one player was going to stay there and be part of the whole revolution that's (laughs) going on assuming that Lewis Potter's going then I'd have thought Honeyman would be that one player who stays but obviously not the case so it it seems like there's going to be a right or revolution there and The players who they bring in have got to really hit the ground running, haven't they? But, yeah, really good signing for Millwall, this. And I think it says a lot about what Hall fans think about it when all I saw was um, not sombre, but there wasn't many positive people in the replies to uh, the announcement of his departure on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, People were like, oh, I'm not sure about this one, so make of that what you will speaking of all Tobias Figueiredo has joined them from Nottingham Forest on a free transfer solid signing Justin
1: yeah very solid signing um, when he needed to play for Forest last season um, in the second half of the season uh, when Steve Cook was, was injured he was a very very reliable player um, he's a he's, he's he's capable in the air he's Relatively comfortable with the ball at his feet and he's aggressive as well, which is what you want in a defender. And um, yeah, it's, it's a tidy signing, two-year deal, it's not too bad. Um, and, he, and he bolsters a defence that at times looked a little bit shaky um, and needed experience as well when they've got that with um, Figueredo.
0: Speaking of solid defenders, Dan Ballard has joined Sunderland on a permanent deal the Arsenal defender spent last season with Millwall. I think this is a really, really good move from the Caps, Justin.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant move. It's a brilliant move because... Um, yeah, because of his age, because of his ability, because of the ceiling he's got. Um, again, he's one of those defenders that's that's aggressive, that's good in the air, but also quite comfortable with the ball at his feet. And he was a real nice blend for Millwall last season. Um, so for, for Sunderland to snap him up is is incredible because we don't see that very often. We don't see a team coming from, coming up from League One and be able to bring in players that um, have, have come off the back of a very good season at Championship level and are available for transfer by their parent clubs and and they they've forked out the money for him which is, as you say is a really is a real statement signing from from Sunderland and yeah for Alex Neil to have a budget at his disposal I think is 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 interesting and it certainly makes Sunderland a possible contender if they can bring in more signings like this that might not be the case but two or three more yeah this is this is good
0: I won't get carried away just yet just no, I think it's, it, it's a really solid signing cuz Ballard was So, so good for Millwall last season. A young defender as well, to get them on a permanent deal.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. Um, And he's also a good threat from set pieces as well. I remember last season watching Millwall. He was one of, him and Cooper were the two players who they used to aim for at set pieces every time they had a corner. Um, But yeah, with the ball at his feet, really, really good. A lot of ticks in boxes here from a Sunderland perspective so yeah really good signing from them Stoke have signed Bournemouth midfielder Gavin Kilkenny on a season long load almost completely forgot about Kilkenny but in Mm. the first half of the season for Bournemouth he was really really good wasn't he
1: yeah he was a really good passer at the ball a really good progressive passer and that was the thing with Bournemouth last season really enjoyed them in the first half of the season but second half of the season they I know the, the record was slightly better, but it wasn't inspiring. And it was a results-based business for, for Parker and, and Bournemouth in the uh, second half of that season. And that meant Gavin Kilkenny came out of the side at the sacrifice of, the, of other players, and um, which was disappointing. But that's some of the team's gains. Obviously, Stoke have been able to sign him on loan for the season. But as I say, he's, he's a good passer of the ball, very tidy. Um, he can get around the pitch as well. And um, I think he's a, a different facet to that Stoke midfield. Maybe a little bit similar to Baker, um, so it is interesting that they've 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 gone. First of all, like Gil- Gavin Kilkenny. maybe could have gone for more of a um, defensive-minded midfielder, but they have Laurent as well. But it bolsters that midfield hugely, which, given Stokes' injury record in the past, is a good move.
0: Yeah, they've got a lot of midfielders now, haven't they? Got Baker, got uh, Laurent, Powell, Klukas. now Kilkenny as well, Klukas. Yeah, a lot of midfielders in there for Stoke <laughs> I don't <think> they're <laughs> going to be worrying about squad depth next season in certain areas anyway. Watford have brought in Ivory Coast striker Facun Bayo from RSC Charleroi in Belgium. He scored 11 goals in 16 games for them this year. He was also at Celtic in 2018, if it rings a bell for anyone. Um, I can't say I've seen much of him, Justin, but his goal record's impressive enough
1: it is, I, I did read that he scored 19 goals, 19 headed goals um, in the last four years which is which is pretty impressive um, uh, so get the ball in the box sort of thing and, and he'll get his head on it which I imagine with, with um, Rob Edwards system with the wing backs there'll be plenty of crosses in the box so you could, you could definitely, it has the potential do remember him being absolutely hopeless when I signed him on football manager though so mm. maybe that's something to go off, I don't know
0: could be yeah, just keep that in, just keep that in mind Rob um but yeah it's <laughs> a it, it, I imagine this may be paving the way for Emmanuel Dennis to go out the door Mm -hmm. at Watford, but we'll have to wait and see. That Watford have got a hell of a lot of players on their books. Hull have signed Turkey international Ozan Tufan from Fenerbahce on a three year deal. The 27 year old midfielder was on loan at Watford last season, but only managed seven appearances. He becomes the first Turkish player to represent Hull, and I'm sure won't be the last. Luton have loaned in goalkeeper Ivan Horvath from Forest for the season. I'm guessing he'll be back up just into Matt Macy. Not, I can't say that with one hundred percent complete confidence. So uh, Horvath was all right when he was at Forest last season, Monty. He?
1: When he needed to play, he, he was he was fine. Apart from the howler he did on his debut, um, but when he needed to play, he was he was fine. Cause obviously, Samba was suspended towards the end of the season, um, and he was okay. He comes with a good pedigree, but as you say, it's interesting because I, I would have classed Horvath as a potential number one contender at championship level for a club that, to to bring him in. I thought that would be the case last season with Forrest. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what Jones goes with. But he's he's got two number ones, I think, which is a very nice position to be in.
0: Yeah, they've still got James Shea on the books as well, haven't they? But he's mm-hmm. out for God knows how long. Luton have also signed young midfielder Louis Watson from Derby for an undisclosed fee. Preston have signed Peter for goalkeeper David Cornell. He ended up being Posh's number one choice for most of last season, but one would expect him to be back up to Freddie Woodman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Tom Bayless and Josh Earl have both left Preston to move to Shrewsbury and Fleetwood, respectively. And then finally, Rotherham have moved for Lincoln left-back Cullen Bramall. He signed a three-year deal and has gone there for an undisclosed fee. Anything you want to add on that one Justin
1: yep he's very good at set pieces um again he, he's a player who's impressed throughout the lower leagues really good signing thought this was announced weeks ago so when that came out the other day I was like what mm-hmm. because I even that mentioned the it same. <laughs> yeah I mentioned it last week I was thought it was a done deal and um, but they must have been waiting for the transfer window to officially open but yeah it's a good signing and it's a good good progress so rather, it'll be interesting to see what what they can do next season now
0: Spot on. Justin, let's have a quick break. After that, we'll talk about some of the players who have left Championship Clubs and then go on to the sacking of Lee Bowyer at Birmingham City. Welcome back to the Second Tier podcast. So here's a bunch of players who will be leaving us in the Championship this summer. Moussa Sissoko. I always struggle to say his name. Moussa Sissoko has left Watford to go to Nantes for an undisclosed fee. Watford have let go of Josh King after his deal at Vicarage Road expired. Goalkeeper Rob Elliott has also gone. Oli Burke has left Sheffield United. He's moved to German side Werder Bremen for an undisclosed fee. What a strange career he's had, Justin. He's only 25, weird. and he's been all over the place already.
1: It is. It is really weird. He's, he's gone from Forest to Leipzig. um there's another German club he was at, wasn't there? Uh, I'm sure there was.
0: He was at Alaves in Spain. Is that what you're thinking of?
1: Maybe, maybe. But obviously to, to West Brom, to Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United, to, to Millwall. Yeah, really weird... Um, all, you, all you've got to say about that is, is Forrest did really well to get £12 million pounds for him when they sold him to, to Leipzig. So, fair play. Fair play to Forrest for that.
0: Well, his moves to Leipzig and West Brom cost a combined £28 million, mm-hmm. but he's only managed to score 15 <laughs> league goals in his whole career. And he's 25 now, Justin. So, where his career goes next, I don't really know. But it's it's so strange that he has scored... So few goals and cost so much money. Um, <laughs> what happens next? I have no idea. But yeah, the career of Oliberg. What a weird one. Birmingham have let Spanish winger Ivan Sanchez move to Real Valladolid. He was quite good at points for Birmingham Monty, but clearly not part of the plans for next season. And finally, George Moncur has left Hull to go to Leyton Orient. Right. So we'll get on to any other business, Justin. And finally, finally. After a year and a half of multiple takeover rumours, 10 months of administration, by my count, a million missed deadlines, Derby County's takeover has been complete. Local property developer David Clowes has bought the club. He said he could not stand by as the risk of losing the club became very real. Just Peach, how relieved are you?
1: Massively. Uh, massively relieved to just not have to talk about it anymore it's mm-hmm. become it became a running joke on the show so it's good that we've finally seen it through to the end um and you know it's probably really why we why we're talking about it because it's yeah it has been a weekly update because there has been weekly updates it's been absolutely a, um monumentally um rage inducing um but it's done and it, I, th- I think it should just Serve as a warning for every single football club. And it's not one of those warnings where you go, oh, we'll make changes. We have, the changes need to be made. No, changes have to be made. Things have to be written in law to avoid the situation again because there'll be one that creeps up on on on, on everybody again. And we'll all be saying the same thing. We'll all be saying, oh, how did this happen? Oh, we should have done things to stop this. Oh, the EFL should have done this. No, get things done, get things changed. Be proactive, don't be reactive. Simple. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, We could sit here and say that we won't see many clubs going into administration again. But by the law of averages, I think a football league club has gone into administration basically every season for the past 10 years. So we need to make sure this doesn't happen again. The FL should take note of this situation and make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen again. And I think it is going to possibly pave the way for the independent regulator which has been murmured about for quite some time now so hopefully this is the last time a club goes into administration but I wouldn't be surprised um, if we see one happening in the next couple of years Um, but Derby County, this is a fresh start for them, they've already started signing players, I think they signed three last night alone Mm -hmm. uh, which is exciting for them but that's League One, we won't worry about that anymore and it is much to the relief of those who call us the third tier podcast, it means we can finally stop talking about this situation because we been covering it for nearly two years now it only felt right that we saw it through to the end and that's it now Derby County knocked on the head forget about it uh, let's move to championship matters Justin Lee Bowyer has been sacked as manager of Birmingham City it's after he led the club to a 20th place finish last season no surprise this one Justin is it it's seemingly only been a matter of time before it actually happened
1: it's it's no surprise that Bowyer's left Birmingham City or has been sacked by Birmingham City what is absolutely horrendous is they're 2 weeks into pre-season start of the season is only um 3 4 weeks away uh and they've decided now is the right time to do it It's just an absolute uh, I try not to swear uh c- cluster God, swear swear cluster, it's such a it. cluster fuck of a club isn't it, oh Birmingham God. city it's <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous um there aren't too many words that i can that i can use to describe just the sheer incompetence uh, of those running Birmingham City because even if a, a new ownership is coming in um, they don't they have barely they barely have a squad of 13 players um, and this this aside now is the right time to do it the right time to do it was f- four weeks ago six weeks ago uh, eight weeks ago at the end of the season um, and we get to now eight weeks later pre-season started new season's only a handful of weeks away and that is the right time to do it. I don't understand it, um, and it just, as I say, just highlights the absolute lunacy um, in the boardrooms at Birmingham City.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's been done because um, it's been it's only it's taken this long to happen because they've been waiting for the takeover to happen, hasn't it? But that keeps being delayed. But even then, it made sense for all parties to just sack him after the season had done. Because I think even Lee Bowyer had had enough by that point and just yeah. wanted to get out of the club. You could see it in his interviews that he was doing um but what why have they left it until now just now, i just don't get it
1: i don't know i don't know this is this is what i mean boya deserves credit for keeping the club up um the season prior and this uh, season just gone um and yes he made mistakes last season and and on the basis of his results he deserved to be sacked because that's football um but as you say, it had to happen eight weeks ago at the end of the season, um, because that that's that just makes sense. Obviously, if a, if a new ownership's coming in, um, and they want a new manager, then then fair enough. But even now, if a new ownership's coming in, and yeah, they, have, <laughs> they just have they've got three weeks they've got three weeks left until the start of the season to get a manager in to get a squad in for that manager. Things take time. This this takeover is going to take time. Appointing a new manager is going to take time. Um, And unfortunately, Birmingham City don't have it. So I I just don't see anything other than a relegation. It doesn't make any sense to do it now. It just doesn't.
0: Well, who they get in next? God only knows, because Birmingham are running it very close with Reading for the least desirable job in the Championship. They've only got 16 players over the age of 21 on the books right now. And four of them are deemed not good enough for the first team last season. So they were shipped out on loan. You add into the fact that um, they've sacked a manager every year since 2016. The club has been rapidly regressing backwards for quite some time now. Why would anyone want to manage Birmingham City right now? I, I struggle to see, unless you're a manager who's been out of the game for quite some time and quite desperate to get back into it, or you are at a club who you feel like your time's running out there, then I just don't really see why anyone would want that job. Um, If they want to get in a manager who's managed in this country before, then they're going to have to go quite low down in the pecking order. Um, It's why in some ways I thought it might have been best for Bayou to stick around, but it seems like the move was in the best for all parties. Um, But depending on who ever takes over the club, it wouldn't surprise me if they looked abroad for their next manager, which comes with risks in itself. If they get Bassini in, then I'll be fearing... A lot of a, uh, a lot of what happens at Birmingham City next. Whatever the case, though, time is not, without a doubt not on their side, is it? The season starts in fewer than four weeks. They've got no manager. They need players in, and that's why this takeover needs to be sorted out. But at the time of recording, it's showing no signs of actually yeah. getting done anytime soon. I thought it was going to get done about three weeks ago, but <laughs> now it just seems to be in limbo at the moment, mm-hmm. and that's bad, very bad for Birmingham City and to. Uh, Let's move on, Justin. Huddersfield goalkeeper Lee Nichols has agreed a four-year deal at Huddersfield. The 29-year-old, of course, won the coveted goalkeeper of the season award at the second-tier awards, and now this new deal is fully deserved as a result of that, isn't it, Justin?
1: Yep. Um, well, what more can we say about Lee Nichols and his and his form last season? Uh, and obviously, Huddersfield, as you say, would have seen the fact that he he's won awards with with. Through the podcast, um, and, and offered in that new deal, um, just in case other clubs came sniffing. So it absolutely made sense. But you know, on a yeah, on a more logical note, tying him down to a long term deal is is a sign of intent from from Huddersfield, um, and you just hope that he can replicate his form last season. Don't see why not.
0: Absolutely, I didn't realize he was twenty nine. I thought he was younger than that, but still, he's they've got him there for his prime years now haven't they Mm -hmm. so that's massive news for Huddersfield Andy King will be taking up a player coach role at Bristol City after signing a new one year deal there was a a lot of here there and well a a lot of of Bristol City fans were unsure about whether he was going to stay or not but Maybe this is why, because they were trying to figure out what he wants to do, whether he wants to carry on playing or whether he wants a coaching role. So they managed to figure out something for him. Defender Bailey Wright has signed a new two year deal at Sunderland. Watford have cancelled a friendly against the Qatari national team after complaints from supporters' groups concerned about human rights. Rob Edwards' side were due to face the World Cup hosts on the final day of a pre season camp in Austria on the 10th of July why anyone would think that's a good idea i've no idea justin because it just brings about so many questions in itself doesn't it? it
1: it does and you know common sense did prevail in the end by getting the um by canceling the friendly and you know it's the right thing to do and as i say doesn't mean it yeah it's strange that anyone thought, thought that might be a good idea but as i say common sense prevailed in the end and um, it was all sorted it's just goes to show that fan, fan power is a thing and you know, clubs do listen to fans, so that's 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 a really important factor to take away from this.
0: Absolutely. West Brom gave a loan of just under £5 million to a company owned by chairman and owner, Guachuan Lai, I'm not sure if I pronounced his name wrong now, I apologise if I haven't, uh, to help it through the coronavirus pandemic. The details of the loan are contained in West Brom's accounts to June 2021. Lai says he will return the loan with £50,000 interest by the end of the year.
1: Um hmm. Not sure about that, Justin. We'll leave that one. There. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I want them interest rates. I want them interest rates. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, if, if if it's for five million pounds, though, fifty thousand pounds back it's, is is that's not a very That's not a very big interest rate. That is no. When you're considering, you know, a typical mortgage is about three percent on right. Okay, right. Two hundred thousand. So. <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I see what
0: you mean. And finally we're gonna looking for a new person to be their mascot Krusty the Pie. He is literally oh, a He is literally a walking pie. Four to six hours each match day. You fancy it, Justin? I, I
1: um I didn't know <laughs> didn't know it was called Krusty the Pie. I know it's a pie, but no idea it was called Krusty. Oh you fancy, you fancy the gig? Um I am freelance now, so and Saturdays are usually free, four hmm. to six hours. How much was it per hour? It's is... mm, don't know, don't know. Mm. I'll, I'll have a look. I'll see what see what I can. I see what I can find. That could be the new crusty the pie. I start a campaign. I imagine you'd probably get free pies. Would that
0: be enough to? I don't eat pies. I don't like pies. Even veggie pies. Yeah, don't. Just not a pie man. I, I love a good pie. When I, really? I the meat and the gravy in a. You know, good match pie, match day pie. You don't fancy a bit of that?
1: Well, I know because I'm a vegan, so no, not not meat yeah. and gravy. Yeah. No. <laughs> Well, we'll see. We'll, see. We'll, put your, we'll put the feelers out there, Justin, see if we can sort yeah, out just a role apply on uh, my behalf. If Alyssa if wants to submit a CV. Um. <laughs> Don't say that. Someone will actually do it now. We'll <laughs> see if I get a call. <laughs> there we go, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the second tier podcast.
0: I'm absolutely roasting right now, Justin. I've turned off the AC in Ooh. this room. Guess how hot it is in Milan today? 33 degrees. 37 I am um, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ I, next time we record on Thursday ladies and gentlemen I may be a liquid but that's where I'm all next to be back ladies and gentlemen for the podcast what we're going to do don't know you'll find out on Thursday won't you but this has been the second tier podcast we look forward to seeing you again very soon I've been Ryan Dilks I've been Justin Peach and a thank you for listening <laughs>